You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 48 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. For exclusive first looks at Versus Mike History, follow and subscribe to Versus Mike History on the Fanbase app. And for any further information, go to versusmikehistory.com. Shit that happened, no, we gotta be brothers. Cal Williams said we good, and we better than that. But we get shot, and nothing happens. How we set up for that? You see, my culture expensive, that's why they pay. Yo, 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 what's good, family? We back again for number 48 of Versus Mike History. Um, recording this at night, got a little shit in my throat. I apologize for that, but uh, we here regardless, and um, we don't have much to get into this week, to be perfectly honest. But I do want to touch on some things, and um, I kind of want to give you guys my opinion on certain other things. So um, we're going to go ahead and get into it. So, uh, yeah, welcome and enjoy. All right, so we're going to leave with love, as always. Um, I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to everybody that's still unemployed right now and still struggling due to COVID. Um, shout-out to you for, like, holding it down and getting through uh, all these rough months. Um, I also want to give a shout out to everybody who is like working in person and have and has to like come in contact with people regularly for work. Um, it doesn't go unnoticed that, you know, you guys are doing the work of the people in terms of keeping society um, moving during a time that would be otherwise, um, you know, 
at a standstill and we've seen it we've seen society be at a standstill so shout out to you guys um and we're gonna go ahead and get into our black spotlight of the week now our black spotlight of the week goes to a young woman named nia dennis and um, I'm going to read something that I'm getting from the griot, and it reads off as so. A black gymnast has gone viral for her amazing recent floor routine that honors black culture creators. Nia Daniel, Nia, excuse me, Nia Dennis started with Kendrick Lamar's DNA, which went into a mix of records by Beyonce, Missy Elliott, Soulja Boy, Megan Thee Stallion, then wrapped with California Love by Tupac Shakur. The song mix was completely appropriate for her college, UCLA, and Dennis told the Los Angeles News Daily that the routine reflects everything that I am today as a black woman. And of course, I had to incorporate a lot of par- uh, a lot of parts of my culture. I just wanted to have a dance party because that's my personality. And of course, I had to shout out LA because we out here, UCLA. So uh, actually, I'm going to read this last part as well. The routine was part of the team's winning performance Saturday at the Pac-12's women's gymnastics meet, pitting UCLA against Arizona State. The Bruins gymnastics team tweeted out Dennis's on-the-floor wizardry early Sunday, and it quickly went viral. The clip had over 40 million views in less than 24 hours. So shout-out to this young black gymnast named Nia Dennis for showing out at her um, gymnastics meet. You know, we all need a little dose of black excellence here and there. So um, it's very exciting to see people put on for the culture in a meaningful way. So shout out to you, young lady. And uh, we're going to keep it moving. All righty. Let's get into what we have to get into for the day. Um, I want to first start by saying rest in peace, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron was a legendary baseball player. From the MLB, he just recently passed. Um, yeah, you know, it's it kind of sucks that we're losing a lot of our uh, legendary um, figureheads from our culture. But, you know, um, he lived a long life, and I believe that... Um, he died from COVID-19 complications, if I'm not mistaken. Um, even though he was recently uh, given a vaccine, which is very unfortunate. And just goes to show how, you know, um, unstable everything is right now in terms of like getting people sick, taking the vaccine, wearing masks, getting other people. You know what I mean? Like it's just everything's so up in the air still. And we're um, closing in on almost a year later from when we first started hearing about this thing. And, um, you know, it sucks. But rest in peace to Hank Aaron. You will be missed. You will be loved. You you will be missed and you are loved. Um, And we're going to go ahead and move on to the inauguration. So the inauguration took place last week um, on the 20th. And... You know, it was a it was a big moment for a lot of the country because we spent our four years, we spent the last four years under uh, duress and we've been, you know, subjugated to the likes of Donald Trump. And um, that's all come to an end now. You know, um, there are times over this 
for a four-year period where I wasn't sure if uh, he would get elected. I, I wasn't sure what the state of the nation would be at this moment when he would no longer be in office. Um, there are a lot of points of frustration. There were a lot of funny moments, uh, admittedly. And um, now I think that we have to shift gears and hold these politicians responsible for the things that they said that they would do once they got into office. It's really important that um, now that the country is sort of shifting um, in a different direction than it was before, that we stay true to the things that we said that we were going to stay true to during election season. One of the most frustrating things for me I know speaking personally is, um, you know, when politicians lie, straight up lie during election season, uh, it's not cool. It's not fair. And, you know, it it makes it uh, it genuinely makes me disinterested in following politics um, because, you know, if you got somebody that's willing to just lie to you in your face, then why not take the Republican approach and just accumulate as much money as possible? And, you know, buy your favorite politician or buy your favorite bill or lawmaker or whatever. Um, so I know that there's this divide in the black community between uh, politics and enterprise and which one should be given more focus to uplift our community. But um, I think that both play an equal role in our society, in our culture. And um, I think that we need to, you know, really solidify our voices in, in, in many in many ways, in many diverse ways. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get that off my chest really quickly before really getting into the inauguration. Honestly, I didn't really watch most of it. Uh, I'm not going to lie, because it just for me, it wasn't. It was a historic moment, and I'm not going to say that I didn't catch any moments because that's not true, but I didn't watch it all the way through. Um, I kind of watched it along with social media. So um, and what social media was was touching on mostly was people's outfits, uh, such as um, Dr. Joe Biden, Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, uh, Joe Biden briefly. Um, the fact that Kamala Harris's stepson was wearing Dior ones at the uh, inauguration, Kamala Harris's outfit herself. And, um, of course, Bernie Sanders and his homemade gloves and brown jacket that is, um, currently still viral on social media, which is very surprising. And um, I said on Twitter earlier today, today, Mon today being Monday, because, um, yeah, I said earlier today that, um, you know, for the amount of time that Bernie has spent being viral on social media, people should have just voted for him to be president. You know what I mean? If he's such a likable, a likable person or a likable, you know, figure for us to be standing amongst in these times. But. That's all besides the point. The point is that we gathered to see um, a white man and his first black, first South Asian 
vice first woman vice president enter the office and it was pretty cool you know seeing kamala um into the office because um it's just a role that hasn't been occupied by someone of color and by a woman ever so to see the types of things that she brings to the office from that perspective i'm not gonna lie it's a, it's a little exciting um i'm not gonna sit here and and talk down on her about her um, track record as senator in California or anything like that because those things you know you can research them on your own but um, you guys know that I use this platform as a platform of positivity Um, and you know the energy from the inauguration was overall positive and for that I am highly uh, grateful because you know we've been seeing a lot of violent moments in the country recently and um it's just unnecessary you know we we have we as a people have seen violence so it's nothing new but you know the fact that we have to deal with all of this during an election year during a pandemic during this during that uh it just sucks but you know all in all the the transition was peaceful and we're here now so it's time to start making real change. And uh, let's go ahead and keep it moving. For the next topic, I want to talk about versus. So Keisha Cole and Ashanti sat down for their very, very, very long awaited verses um, that took place on January 20. It was on Saturday and uh, January 23rd. And um, what was it? No, it was uh, the 21st, excuse me, it was on Thursday. And the verses was dope, you know? Uh, it was dope for a moment, or is dope really the right word I'm looking for? <laughs> um, the verses was interesting, is what I'll say. You know, um, first, I want to start by saying that this was supposed to take place over a month ago, um, in the month of December 2020. Uh, so it got pushed back because Ashanti uh, got COVID-19. So the show had to be pushed back. And then there was a new date. That day got canceled again. And now we were there for the third time, which it seems like it wasn't going to happen again. But um, all in all, through and through, we were able to experience the verses that was long awaited. Um, Keisha Cole ended up arriving about an hour and a half. Well, I don't want to put it all on Keisha Cole, but I will say that the battle did not start for an hour and a half after the announced, uh, time. And that's just not cool. You know, I mean, you know, we all got that color people time, uh, joke that we keep in our back pockets, but you know, for an event to start an hour and a half after it was announced, it would start after it was already delayed twice is kind of wild but regardless we got the verses that we were um told that we were getting and it was dope personally i think that ashanti won not because keisha cole has the lesser records or the weaker records but because of her presentation at the battle because of her energy because of 
what she played and when she played it. And um, she was just overall the more prepared party in this instance. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of wild to see somebody lose in a versus when they have the better records. But it's very possible. It's very, very possible. So I want to give a shout out to Ashanti for holding it down. And um, shout out to Keisha Cole for squashing her beef with OT Genesis and bringing him out. That was really, really dope. Um, because, you know, like the beef culture in hip hop is just and hip. And the beef culture in black culture is is nuts. And, uh, you know, it's always dope when we can see people come together and just squash beefs that are, you know, going on unnecessarily. So, um, shout out to both parties, you know, like we got some really dope, uh, moments from that versus. And, um, I think that overall from this point moving on, we need to see uh, a different structure for versus because if they keep moving into, in this direction, um, of like the classic format where, you know, people aren't showing up on time or you know, um, the rules aren't laid out completely, then, you know, people are just going to start losing interest. So I think that the best decision is to like, you know, kind of take a step back and re, uh, reanalyze what's going on here and, uh, what the people actually want, because I feel like in the beginning of verses, we got a lot of battles that we wanted to see. And, um, since then we have not. But I'm going to go ahead and keep it moving. And uh, I kind of want to get into Wayne and Kodak being pardoned by Trump before Trump made his way out the White House. Um, Trump made a number of pardons, including Steve Bannon, Kodak Black and Lil Wayne um, before leaving office. And I know that uh Wayne was speaking about how I don't you know what I'll just keep it at hundred like this is trash um through and through you know because it sucks that we have two examples of artists who can't seem to stay out of trouble that being Kodak Black and Lil Wayne and these artists all they do is seem to find any way that they can escape from the punishments of their actions just by being um, upper class citizens or high or, or, you know, rich, basically. And, you know, you know, it's really fucked up to me because it it sets a really horrible example for their fans and for people of our culture who think that, like, once you get to a certain level or a certain status, then the law simply does not apply to you. And speaking for all black people, you know, that's just not the case. It doesn't matter how much money you have in this country. Like white people will still look at you um, in a way, in a manner as um, that, you know, exemplifies white supremacy and that, you know, will put you down as a person. So Kodak and Wayne being pardoned by Trump and giving him the support that he wanted in that uh, in the time that he asked for it simply for this in return is just not a good move. It's not a uh, respectable or honor or an honorable move. And for Wayne to even try to release music after being uh, pardoned just says a lot about 
his mentality and his his state in terms of um where he is as an artist like no one is waiting for you to release music especially after being pardoned by trump because we already was looking at you weird when you endorsed him but all in all these gentlemen are going to do what they want to do and they're grown men so all in all it is what it is and last but not least let's go ahead and get into some talk about jay-z and the cannabis industry so jay-z and rock nation just launched the largest can company in California, and I'm getting this from Black Prize, so bear with me. The parent company, a conglomerate of several companies headed by Sean Jeezy Carter, made its debut on the NEO Exchange, home to over 100 corporate and ETF listings, and consistently facilitates more than 13% of all Canadian trading volume. Today, to become the largest special purpose acquisition company, SPAC, in cannabis history. A vertically, a vertically integrated comp- cannabis company, the parent company is a consolidation of the California cannabis market formed by Jay-Z, Rock Nation, and top California cannabis operators, CMG Partners Incorporated and Left Coast Ventures Incorporated. Jay-Z will be playing an active role in the company's operations as the parent company's chief visionary officer. Although we can't fully redeem the injustices created by the war on drugs, we can help shape a brighter and inclusive future. The brands we will build will pave a new path forward for a legacy rooted in equity, access, and justice. We're creating something people can trust, and we're investing in our future, our people, and our communities, the business the businessman says in a written statement. So shout out to Ho for, you know, uh, consolidating and bringing a bunch of cannabis companies together to head that venture forward in California. I think that's really dope. Um, I also read somewhere that Jay-Z would be starting a $10 million cannabis, uh, a $10, a $10 million fund for blacks and Latinos to enter the cannabis industry, which I think is amazing. Um, and you know, as great as all of this sounds, because it, it really is, I don't really want to speak negatively about this situation, but I do want to note how crazy it is that a black man must become a billionaire and consolidate multiple companies and bring them together in order to create real opportunity in this country for black people, you know, um, if not for Jay, then who else would be doing the types of things that he's doing for our people? No one. And while we can have the argument about capitalism being involved in this transaction and how it plays the part of making Hove X amount of dollars in the future, um, the reality is that with this new industry about to boom, we need to have some type of con- we need to have some type of control because we've as a people have spent so many years and decades, honestly, being terrorized by the police just for consuming this very product that has been told it has so many negative effects on us and this and that all to learn a couple of decades later that none of it was true and all of it was propaganda in order to keep the product illegal. And now that it's at a cornerstone or a, a crossroad where it can become a billion dollar product or a billion dollar industry rather. Um, now it's no household, family friendly, whatever the hell. Um, 
And, you know, that's just not right. So shout out to Hove for trying to make black people a part of the conversation. And, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for today in terms of off the topics. I don't really have that much music or TV, to be quite honest, for you guys this week. So I'll talk about a couple miscellaneous things that I've come across um, in that realm. So I wanted to talk about really quickly, and this could have been off the topic, really, but um, Jimmy Fox has made history as the first black lead actor in a Pixar film ever for Soul and is now the most streamed with 1.7 billion streams. Shout out to Jimmy Fox for holding it down at Pixar and Disney. Soul was a really good film. And, um, you know, I think that in comparison to Wonder Woman that also released on uh, Christmas Day, it was a far better film uh, to spend your time with. Very family, very family friendly um, and more mature than most Pixar films. So go check out Soul if you haven't already. Uh, What else? I'm going to stay on Disney for a little bit and talk about WandaVision Episode 3. Um, I won't get into it really because this is not really, uh, the place for it, but, uh, WandaVision was cool. You know, like I kind of wanted to keep you, I don't, I want to keep you guys updated on it, even though it's not really a black show, but we got, we got black characters on the show. So whatever loophole, fuck it. Um, WandaVision was cool. We spent the third episode, um, with Wanda and Vision again, this time they are dealing with pregnancy. And um, essentially, the couple gets pregnant out of nowhere, and they deal with trying to keep it from everyone else in the community. And we get some very, very odd details in this episode with Geraldine coming over, her mentioning Pietro um, being killed by Ultron, and Wanda sending her out of whatever bubble that they're living in. We get... um, the other black character, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, uh, he was supposed to be trimming his hedges and he ends up, um, carving, uh, carving out his, uh, his fence because, you know, it seems pretty clear at this point that, you know, everybody here is, is is being brainwashed. And, um, also it's pretty cool that, Vision is starting to point out all of the weird things that's going on in the community. And um, finally, you know, with everything that's going on in the show, I think that we're really going to start getting those larger set pieces soon. Um, I'm glad that Geraldine's character, who is actually Maria Rambeau, who is who is um, seen in the first Captain Marvel film, uh, was shot out of the uh, Westview bubble and um, hopefully we get some more time with her and see what's going up with that funky chain of hers and um, what's going on outside of that bubble and uh, yeah I have some homework that I'm going to hold myself to by speaking on it on air and I have to get to watch One Night in Miami and I have to watch that new Denzel film that is about to um that is about to debut on HBO Max. I cannot remember the name of it. I want to say that it's called The Little Things. Um 
yeah, what is the name of this film? Oh, yes, it's called The Little Things. So it stars Denzel Washington, uh, Rami Malik, and Jared Leto, who is who are all fantastic actors. And that pre- that premieres on HBO Max on January 29th. So I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch One Night in Miami. And um, one thing that I am not going to watch is the Tiger documentary because I've been hearing so many poor things about how that documentary was produced. I thought, you know, from the marketing campaign that it was speaking on, you know, early successes, how he got to be who he was, you know, all of the dark moments in his past. And what I've been what I've been told uh, based off of the reviews of what people have seen so far is that this is essentially just a smear campaign. And um, they hired his ops to talk shit about him. Uh, That's what people said in but so many words. And, you know, if that's what it is, then um, I don't want any parts of it. Uh, But to be perfectly honest, I'm going to check it out for myself. And if it's not that, then I may double around and talk about it. But I'm going to give those other films a shot. And talk about those just so we keep the flow going on here because we haven't really had any entertainment news as of lately. There hasn't really been any new music dropping as of lately either. But, you know, um, we heading into Black History Month soon. So very exciting things coming up. And um, I'm going to just leave you guys with that, you know, because I don't really told you guys I didn't have much this week. So as always... Send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions. Follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History and on Instagram at Versus Mike History. Follow me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. And follow the podcast on Fanbase at Versus Mike History. And everything else can be found at VersusMikeHistory.com. You guys stay beautiful. You guys stay black. You guys stay wonderful. And I will see you guys next week.